today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God is not through with the Jew. And (laughs) neither do we want God to be through with the Jew. Do you want to know why? Because God has a covenant with the Jew. And so too does He have a covenant with me and you too. And if God is through with the Jew, then how secure are you? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Replacement theology is nothing new. This was inside the demonic heart of Hitler and his wicked plan to eradicate God's chosen people. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that the covenant that God has with Israel directly correlates with his faithfulness to his covenant with us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 17 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. In that day, verse 4, it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob will wane, and the fatness of his flesh grow lean. It shall be, verse 5, as when the harvester gathers the grain and reaps the heads with his arm, it shall be as he who gathers heads of grain in the valley of Rephaim. What is this about? Well, As was the case at that time, northern Israel will be impacted when this is ultimately fulfilled. And now I get to show you my other map. All right. Spend just a little bit of time on this so you can get a visual. We know this northern area today as the strategic Golan Heights. And Israel miraculously recaptured this part north uh, from Syria. And when I say miraculous, that's not hyperbole. It was a miraculous recapturing of that which belongs to them anyway. (laughs) By the way, when you try to Google this, it it auto-corrects. It doesn't doesn't let you say recapture. Try this. It, it, it It corrects it. Captures. No, no, recaptures. That changes the whole complexion of it. They they took it back. It was theirs to begin with. They didn't take it from. They took it back. Oh, but they are the occupiers. No, actually, you are the occupiers. I'm sorry. (laughs) Emphasis added. These are my people. (laughs) And you know what's sad in all seriousness is they're so deceived. Please, you know, and I know we talked about this on Sunday, pray for the Arab people in Gaza, in the West Bank, in the Middle East. Pray for the Jewish people. 
You know, I, uh, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but uh, maybe this is as good of a time as any to say it again. I think it's just so apropos to be reminded, and I know for me it's a much needed reminder. I have to look at people not as Arab or Jew, left or right, black or white, conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, no, either lost or saved. That's the bottom line. Because our enemy is not people. The enemy's the enemy. So they're, they're not, oh, they're the bad guys, and they're the good guys. No. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, brothers and sisters. We, we wrestle not against our fellow man. We wrestle against these demonic entities in the spiritual realm, wickedness in high places. That's where the battle is. It is a spiritual battle. Now, for those of you that have been to Israel with us over the years, you'll remember this area very well. Uh, in fact, one year when we were there, we heard actually bombs when we were uh, north in north Israel in the Golan Heights. One year, in fact, I think it was the last time we were there, it was actually when we were uh, getting ready to go to Masada, we actually saw fighter jets fly right over us on their way back from Syria, where they had launched airstrikes overnight. So look at Gaza, how small it is, right? That is Hamas, the West Bank, and in Syria, and then it's not, you don't see it there, but Lebanon is to the left of Syria, my birthplace of Lebanon. That's Hezbollah. And Hezbollah is Iranian-backed. And the common denominator with Hamas and Hezbollah and et al, all of the above, is that their sole goal is the elimination, the termination of Israel. And from the north, from this area in the north, subsequent to the fulfillment of this Isaiah 17 prophecy in all of its specificity, comes Russia, Iran, and Turkey, who just two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, Erdogan was reported to have uh, told Putin in Russia, Erdogan, Turkey, Putin, Russia, something to the effect of, we're going to have to go in and put pressure on. And there was a threat actually made to Israel uh, to basically stop defending themselves, is what it boils down to. Uh, now that's key. That's very significant. You know, in Matthew 24, when Jesus answered the disciples' questions about what is going to be the sign of your return and of the end of the age, he made a very interesting comment. He said, there's going to be wars and threats of wars, rumors of wars, as it's translated in some of your translations. So there is going to be this invasion from the north 
subsequent to, I believe, the fulfillment of Isaiah 17 from the Golan in the north, and even now at the ready in Syria, and even as recent as two years ago, I could not stand behind this pulpit and say what I'm about to say. But in Syria today, at the ready, you will find all of the Ezekiel 38 nations at the ready to invade Israel from the north. And isn't it interesting, and again we're going to talk a little bit about this on Sunday, there is this one verse in Ezekiel 38, it's verse 13, we talk about it often, where there's this reference to Sheba and Dedan and Tarshish and the young lions thereof, merely protesting this Russia-Iran-Turkey-led alliance of nations invading Israel. And they question it, they protest it, and they ask, are you coming to take a spoil? That's all they do. And isn't it interesting that Sheba and Dedan is the modern day area we know today as Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, who as of now, right on schedule, exactly as God's Word said it would be, well they have a peace agreement now with Israel. And isn't that interesting? And here's another thing, even more notable in some ways than the nations listed in Ezekiel 38 by their ancient names, are the nations that are conspicuously absent from this allied invasion. One of them is Iraq, another Egypt, another Jordan, and how about this? Syria is not mentioned. It's for that reason that I believe personally that the Isaiah 17 prophecy has to be fulfilled concerning Damascus. And as we're going to see here towards the end, it's going to happen so fast. And once it does, they move in and invade Israel from the north, through the Golan, from Syria, where they're already at the ready to invade. Everything is set up perfectly and I mean perfectly. So I want to recommend this documentary series, Against All Odds, Israel Survives. I think it was, uh, it came out in 2006, it's been a couple of years now since I watched it. I, I want to watch it again. It's available on Amazon Prime, and in it, they show just how miraculous Israel's survival has been from 1948 to the present. And I bring this up because when the Ezekiel 38 prophecy is fulfilled, which, and I get asked this all the time, and I, I am not dogmatic about it, but I am of the belief that the Ezekiel 38 prophecy happens after the rapture. So we're not going to be here to see it. I don't know. It's very possible that it could happen. But when it does happen, it is going to be another against all odds, miraculously. God, because there's no nation standing with Israel. That's another thing we're going to talk about on Sunday in Zechariah. All the nations are gathered against her. You know what that means, don't you? 
America is not standing with Israel. All the, in that day, when all the nations are gathered against her. So you're going to have this alliance. Russia, Iran, Turkey, and all of these nations are going to come against little Israel. And God is going to intervene on behalf of His people, the Jewish people, whom He has an everlasting covenant with. You know what an everlasting covenant is? I know this is deeply profound. It's everlasting. And by the way, can we just address the elephant in the proverbial room, if you don't mind? God is not through with the Jew, and (laughs) neither do we want God to be through with the Jew. Do you want to know why? Because God has a covenant with the Jew. And so too does He have a covenant with me and you too. And if God is through with the Jew, then how secure are you? That is not in my notes. (laughs) So there. (laughs) And that's an Arab telling you that. And you know what's really sad? I mean, we are living in a day now where anti-Semitism, replacement theology, where the church replaces the Jew. By the way, you know those who have bought that lie? that the church replaces the Jew as God's elect? You know what you just did? (laughs) You just put the church in the tribulation. Because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Right? See, we're already saved. Why do we need to go through the tribulation? Why do we have to be appointed to the wrath of God? Because see, God is going to pour out His wrath on a Christ-rejecting world. And it's going to be that which brings Israel to a true saving knowledge of their true Messiah, the tribulation. That's why, that's the why behind the what again. So God has a covenant with the Jew. God is not through with the Jew. And we don't want Him to be through with the Jew, right? The God of Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. I think it's in Jeremiah. (laughs) I just think of the, the, the poetic majesty of it all. The prophet declares that if there ever comes a day when that sun doesn't shine in the sky, or the stars at night no longer exist. Uh, If that happens, then Israel will cease to exist. But that's not going to happen. Translated, Israel is going to exist. And God is going to intervene. And I love it at the end of Ezekiel 38, where God says, Watch me now. That's a very loose translation and paraphrase, but it's basically, (laughs) watch what I'm going to do. 
It's not just that God's going to do it. It's the way God is going to do it and why God is going to do it. God's going to do it in such a way so that they will know that He is God. After this decimation and devastation, and it's going to happen very fast, some believe, again present company included, that this Ezekiel 38 prophecy is going to be in the span of maybe about 24 hours. It is going to be a devastating and decisive defeat of all of these nations that come against Israel. And God is going to defeat them. No nation is standing with Israel by God's design. So no one can receive any glory for that which God alone has done. It's going to be another miracle. Anyway, back to this documentary. Oh. So one of my favorite episodes, and I, I don't remember which uh, one it was, but they recount the miracle at Golan. And it was during the night, one night, when Israeli soldiers were caught in the middle of a field riddled with landmines. And they couldn't turn back. And nor could they go forward because it would be certain death. And so they started poking around. They were going to crawl and, and take their chances. And then God sends this mighty wind, and it clears the entire surface, and exposes every single one of those landmines in an instant. And they crossed miraculously to their safety. Oh, is that chicken skin or what? the miracles of what God does for His people. Well, there's a personal application here too. Think this through with me. Doesn't God do that in our lives? The Holy Spirit, <laughs> the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit exposing the landmines that could be so perilous, as He guides us in the way that He would have us to go. This is the way, walk ye in it. God does miracles like that in our lives, as we navigate our way through the landmines of life. And if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, I've got a few landmines <laughs> in front of me. It's like, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I can't go that way because, you know, I, I think about the Israelites after the Exodus. Uh, one of my favorite, along with all my other favorite accounts of a miracle that God does, as only He can, when the Israelites flee Egypt after that tenth plague, and they come to the Red Sea. And I mean, it starts there. You know, were there not enough graves in Egypt? God had to bring us out here to kill us. And Moses is like, what are we going to do? And here's the Egyptians behind us, and the Red Sea in front of us. 
Uh, looks like if I go that way, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead duck, with a capital dead and a capital duck. And if I go forward, I'm a capital dead, capital duck too. And then God says, uh, watch me now. He has Moses take his rod. He parts the Red Sea. The Israelites, <laughs> if I'm one of the Israelites there, I'm thinking to myself, I think we should go this way. <laughs> you think? <laughs> this like, and they walk on dry ground. And they get to the other side, and then here come the Egyptians who have been held back by a pillar of fire. Oh no, you don't. And it wasn't until the Israelites had made it safely to the other side that the fire ceased, the Egyptians pursued, and then God just closes the Red Sea. You would think that would have settled it right there and right then. You would, I, I will never doubt you again, God. You blew the soil and the sand off of all of these landmines miraculously. You parted the Red Sea for me miraculously. You would think I would never doubt again. You know how long it took the Israelites? And hey, don't be too hard on them, because you would have done the same thing. We always shed ourselves in a favorable light, don't we, when we're reading the Old Testament, and we're so quick to say, man, those Israelites, bunch of complainers and murmurers. Oh, really? Oh, like you wouldn't have been complaining if you were there. You know how many days it took? I counted like three days, and they're already complaining again. After the Red Sea. Are you kidding me? God does this miracle, and God does miracles. He's a God of miracles. He can do anything. Okay, back to our Bible study already in progress, verse 6. How are we doing? Everybody okay? Yet gleaning grapes will be left in it, like the shaking of an olive tree. Two or three olives at the top of the uppermost thicket, four or five in its most fruitful branches, says the Lord God of Israel. In that day, notice the repeated in that day, a man, this is interesting, will look to his maker, and his eyes will have respect for the Holy One of Israel. He will not look to the altars, the work of his hands. He will not respect what his fingers have made, nor the wooden images, nor the incense altars. In that day his strong cities will be as a forsaken forest and an uppermost branch which they left because of the children of Israel, and there will be desolation. Okay, stay with me on this. Here's another very powerful, and I believe personal, application to us in our lives, because this speaks to the purpose of this prophecy, and more importantly, as it relates to the judgment of the Lord in turning people to the Lord. Back to the Lord. Sometimes this is what it takes. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. Holy.